Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think it's important that uh, on this episode, we clarify the, the time and day that we are recording this. Why? Uh, which for me is 9 30 a.m on the 1st of september uh because by the time this podcast goes up who knows what will be going on with playstation 5 pre-orders uh i guess so i don't expect that to happen anytime soon so it's definitely going to happen sometime soon Maybe. is what you're saying uh yeah they did that thing where they put up like uh like reserve your spot for pre-orders they're doing it as a lottery uh but they still don't have a price and they still don't have any word on when those pre-orders are actually going to go up so yeah like i said uh, for some reason you seem to think that you're just gonna plug your credit card info in and then they'll charge you whatever like they're not going to tell you how much it'll be which is ridiculous oh come on they could do that people would go for it they could, I would do it, but they still won't actually do it. My no, I think like what's more likely going to happen is they're going to announce the price like a day before those pre-orders actually go up. Like yes. it's going to be really close between here's how much you're going to pay and here's your chance to pay us that money. Oh, I I think it would either be that or like that is the time when they say it. Yeah. Which yeah, I, I don't expect it'll be like a week in between or something. I mean, at this point, we've but, got uh, 10 weeks until it's out. Yeah, less than uh, less than three months away, man. Mm-hmm. Well, presumably. I mean, because they still <laughs> yeah. don't have the actual release date on this thing. I mean... Well, either yeah. does the Xbox, which neither of us seem as interested in as the PlayStation, clearly, because we have not talked about it as much, at least not in the same way. Well, the thing is, uh, most of the Xbox stuff, like, they've been talking about it, and they had it out there and were like, here's the thing, here's what it does, they've had specs for it, while the PlayStation 5, not so much. Like, look how much longer it took them just to show the box. Sony's been yeah. doing a really bad job of messaging in general. Oh sure, but also I think the other thing for me with the Xbox is that they're doing this uh you know like everything for the first year needs to be compatible with the old hardware, so it's much less yeah. exciting to me. Yeah. Like they need it's it a just bad they idea. need it. Yeah, they need to not do that. It, every game for the next year needs not be Sneak King. Well, if it was actually, actually Sneak King, mm. that'd be a pretty good launch title. I mean, Sneak King would be backwards compatible with the with the Xbox Series X, wouldn't it? Uh, no, because I don't think Sneak King is on the whitelisted games on 360. 
Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about sneaking yesterday <sighs> as I was picking up and holding some of my Xbox 360 games, and then remembered like. God, it's weird how they just labeled this as an Xbox game, but they gave it all the like the branding and the visual design of an Xbox 360 box. I mean, it like, was just, a 360 just, game. No, it's just a regular Xbox game. No, it's 362. It re- it worked on both. That was the weird thing yeah, about it. Yeah, that's that's my point. But they specifically branded as just Xbox on the spine. But then, like the the design of the box, otherwise is still indicative of the Xbox 360 design at that time. So it's just weird to me how it's like a fusion of these two things to indicate that it plays on both of them. Uh. Okay. It's kind of like how they very briefly um, they did that thing where like PlayStation Three boxes were designed to look like the PlayStation Four boxes, and they did those for like I don't know a handful of games. I mean, they were uh, they were re-releasing 360 games that work on Xbox One in Xbox One oh, yeah. boxes, uh, like Red Dead Redemption they, and Fallout Three. But then they also had like my favorite part about that is the top of the box where it has just like the Xbox logo and like you know painted on everything. Um, ah, God, my brain is fucking up. What's the name of it? What? What are you when talking you have... about? When you have a piece of plastic or an item and the letters are raised off of that, what do embossed, you call that? Or debossed, embossed, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I had a brain fart about that. Anyway, I like how they do that and they have just like the Xbox logo for that system, but then they cram the Xbox 360 logo right next to it just so yeah. you know, just so it's clear. Yeah. It's and then sometimes, like, you open thing. up the case and instead of it, like having that branding on it too sometimes it's just the actual xbox 360 disc because oh, yeah. like really that's all those are yep uh yeah also i always hated the xbox one cases how they have the disc on the left side because they had to be different i had no idea that they actually did that until yeah. like last week oh because i've never because i realized i never picked up a xbox a, a new an Xbox One box I've yeah. never picked up before. Uh, so I had no idea what the spines looked like. I didn't know they were like kind of silver or like uh, gray or something. Mm. And I had no idea that the disc was oriented on the left forward, like no reason at all. I like the look of the cases in general. Like I like the color of the green for the plastic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I hate the left side disc thing. I like the raised letters on it too. Yeah. Uh, more than I do, like the PlayStation boxes still having that. Or well, no, they don't have that extra lip. What am I thinking about? Um, I like that more than just kind of printing it on the actual like game label. Yeah, it feels more like an actual custom thing rather than the PlayStation boxes, which are more or less yeah. just sort of generic Blu-ray cases. I mean, they're different, but you know. Yeah, yeah it's been like so long since like just having unique boxes video games like ever since it just went to dvd everyone just started using dvd cases and then it just went to blu-ray cases yeah i mean uh 360 had the green cases at least yeah i guess so, you know nintendo is doing their thing even though the spines on those suck and are boring and i hate them yeah here's a red spine with the game name on the side yeah white text it's all you get 
It's like a like a Japanese PS4 game. Oh, and God, Square I, Enix I in that. particular like to do that. That's even that's even worse to me because like at least with the Nintendo Switch, I understand that like you really have no space to do pretty much anything on that. Uh PlayStation case though, you got plenty to make that look like somewhat more interesting. Yeah. But no, just eh, it's white with some boring text on it. Yep. Use Helvetica, be done with it. Yeah. Just play Final Fantasy VII Remake and Helvetica, a game that took fucking forever to come out, and that's the presentation that you give it on the shelf. That's the presence you want that thing to have. That's right. That's why I got the deluxe edition, so I at least have that fat box with the logo on it and everything. I like a fat box. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized how that sounded. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be a bad episode. Uh, <laughs> so, are you ready for the Xbox Series S, which Microsoft has not announced yet, but are releasing things uh, that outright say it for some reason? Like, if you buy a new controller now, you get a insert for the uh, the trial for Game Pass Ultimate. And it's right there. It's just like works on Xbox Series X and S. Yeah, they give you that little leaflet that was clearly like designed and printed out at a point in time where they thought they were ready to announce that thing, yep. and then they pulled back from it, and then no surely... one thought to change that that leaflet. Surely it would be announced by now. And uh, yeah. Nope. And, uh... In a normal functioning year, we would already have information about this thing, but video games are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that there's really anything to say about it, because it's like, whatever, it's just replacing the Xbox One X, basically, with lower cost option. But still, it's so weird that they won't say anything about it. Like, it's going to cannibalize sales of the Series X or something? I don't know. Yeah, like I, at this point, I wonder when they actually will get around to announcing that thing. Like as you get closer to just putting out the Series X, like, uh, wh- what's the point? I don't know. And uh, that current thing, well, I don't remember what the website was, but it was talking about how the PlayStation Five is currently slated for November thirteenth, uh, which would then make a certain amount of sense why the Xbox Series X would be set for November sixth. So I'd have it out exactly one week before on that Friday. Um, November 3rd. Oh, good. Friday the 13th. Perfect. Yes. Yep. Launch exactly. your new console then. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, like, whatever. There are, like, eight Friday the 13th per year or something. PlayStation 5 set my house on fire when I tried to play Miles Morales. Mm. I mean, what else was I going to play on it? There's nothing else coming out. Well, so you didn't watch any of the Gamescom stuff, did you? No, I did not. I missed that. They still had Gamescom, huh? Well, like on like on a stage, they didn't do that digitally. Yeah, they did. It was Jeff Keighley okay. on a digital soundstage oh. or whatever, and they gave out awards to games that aren't out yet. That's always cool. I- I gotta imagine Jeff Keeley's soundstage is actually just part of his house. Uh, like I, that dude's whole house has to be like 
custom built to look like the fucking Game Awards. I mean, it was green screen, so yeah, probably. Oh, oh, he just paints all his walls in the green screen green? I bet he has like a holodeck room with just green walls. Oh, really good. Where you can go in there and play Sherlock Holmes with Hideo Kojima. <laughs> um, He's made his own custom Hideo Kojima program. Yeah, sure. Just like the real thing. Yeah. Um, but okay, I watched that, and that, here's the thing: there aren't many games coming out, I guess, because there was not no. a whole lot there. Uh, the most, the thing I, I was actually watching it for was because they promised a Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart demo, uh, which they delivered on. That was the last thing in the show, of course. Uh, and it was basically. Huh? Save the best for last. Yes, exactly. Uh, Columbo, one more thing. Um, <laughs> so, it was basically the footage they already showed from the PS5 event thing. It was basically all the same, except it was uninterrupted. Uh, looks pretty good. And then the Insomniac people said that it is out in the launch window for the PlayStation 5. So that's good. Mm. Not committing to it actually coming out with the console, though, which is less good. So just assume that it will be out by the end of the year. Yes, but I could also see it being, like, February. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you and I have looked this up uh, pretty recently of, like, what is coming out when, and, like, out of all the stuff that's been announced so far, I think only two games, like, two games that we care about actually have firm release dates and that's hitman 3 in uh january Mm -hmm. and then um oh man what was the other one there's something coming out in february i don't know it's mostly just hitman for me yeah it was like it was something that i could totally wait on so i guess wasn't that important but like miles morales is like the only thing that's coming out for launch other than uh Godfall. Yep, that's it. Great. It's a real good launch lineup. I mean, I still suspect Demon Souls will be a launch title, but who knows? Demon Souls remake coming out twenty twenty one. Could be. We'll see. Uh, uh, and I am looking forward to Outriders because I'm a fan of People Can Fly. Uh, you will not play that because it has loot. And you famously hate loot, so hate loot. That's Can't just me. It. I mean, yes, you've you've said that. So it's the same gun, but now it's purple instead of gray. Ugh. Speaking of that, that Avengers game is apparently some people have bought it or playing it. I'm seeing videos of it on Twitter. Ah, uh. looks like a game. That's good. There should be more of those. There should be more video games. Yeah. There was a Nintendo Direct between us doing this podcast last week and doing it now. Who cares? And it was just another, like, mini showcase thing for partnered games. And I will never tire of people losing their minds about Nintendo Directs. Here's the thing, though. That Direct had the most exciting thing that Nintendo Nintendo has announced in, uh, I don't know, six months or so. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. 
coming out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it has a versus mode, which is basically Tetris Battle Gaiden. So, hey, look, for, I'm interested. For you and me, they, these last two partner showcases have actually been fantastic. That's between right. Between Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 and Shin Megami Tensei 5, and also the Nocturne remake. Yeah. Uh, everybody stuff. else. Everybody else flipping out. Yeah, well, whatever. Every time there's a rumor of a Nintendo Direct, it's just that part from Twin Peaks of the Giant saying it's happening again. Because yeah. it's just going to be people getting mad about Zelda. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I guess they don't, they don't get enough Zelda and Smash in every other Direct, so... Yeah. It's not even that... Here's the thing. It's not even that it's that they're mad that there's not more Zelda or Mario or whatever for me it's that it's not all these other franchises that Nintendo has that they don't ever do anything with yeah I know we've ranted about this in the past we don't really need yeah. to go over this well trodden ground um, I suppose there's also nothing there's... else happening yes nothing going on is what I was going to say there's been jack shit uh, outside those like Playstation 5 like Lottery reservation things going on It's been about it uh, I finished Destroy All Humans I got 1,000 okay. out of 1,000 Achievements in that That is definitely that game still Had a good time with it I started Ghost of Now you finish it Tsushima Yeah Okay. That game is, is alright so far Although I'm dying a whole lot yeah, and then I uh, told you where to get the armor. armor, and then you got the armor, and you're like, "This sucks." I'm gonna go get the <laughs> arrow one, even though that it looks just... terrible. I mean, yeah, it looks that stupid. starting armor looks looks awful. And then, like, I, I I ran into like some NPCs, just like there's this musician just singing the song about this fucking dope ass armor, man. And so I just was like, <sighs> "Oh, sweet!" Like an opportunity to get some armor right away. And so I went and did this long quest. Of just like you, you find these uh, you find these purple flowers, and you go up, and you find this guy's like uh supposed resting spot. It's not really the resting spot. Yeah. You go on this quest where you have to locate his last descendant, who then points you in the direction of the armor, and it's just for using bow and arrows. Yep. And then they put you in a really suck ass position after that, where Mongols start rushing you down, and you're supposed to use the bow and arrows and just kind of take them all out. But because I immediately went to do that, I had basically nothing upgraded with the bow and arrows, and so that armor really didn't help a whole lot with like what it improved for you know for that stat. Yeah. Uh, so I got steamrolled like good ten times in a row. Cool. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I never used Teddy's armor after that. Uh, the clan samurai one I used for quite a bit of the game, because once I upgraded that all the way. Never died again uh, And then eventually once I got the ghost armor I used that the rest of the time and How fine. far in do you get the ghost armor? End of act 2 Okay So I don't I don't have that much to do To get it Uh Well I don't know I mean, it's I'm two almost... thirds through the game Oh okay there's only three Alright I forgot that there was only three acts I thought that there was maybe more than that Because act 1 just I'm assuming it ends after you do those three recruiting missions, right? No. Or does it kind of give you more to do after that? Okay. The way that it had laid everything out, I thought that that was it. 
that it was just recruit those three dudes and then it would move on to act two because that would be the end of Jin just kind of establishing himself and his like three generals no, or whatever. Each each act is like a landmass. So act one okay. ends once you go to the castle and go get your uncle back. And then like mm. act two is all the stuff on the island after that. They're I guess they're not islands, they're you know, the next segment of the yeah. map going north. And then Act 3 is the one after that Okay It's pretty evenly uh, Divided up like that Uh, I did figure out though That in order to get the armor mission You did have to be the one with Ishikawa though Okay I know I had had called you up going How do I get armor? Look in armor, look bad Show me how to get armor Yeah Uh, But yeah, see uh, Considering that did not want to Mark the last Ishikawa mission for me I thought there was a good chance it just glitched I wasn't sure Yeah I was thinking the same thing Because it was bizarre that like the objectives It would list out in the options screen Said to like To recruit Lady Masako But like there was no like Landmark on the map for Lady Masako And so I had like I said I had called you up to ask When also I could have played Five more minutes of that mission And Ishikawa would have said Hey you should go find Lady Masako So Sure that was a uh, waste of your time and mine <laughs> As usual uh, But yes and there, There's also the Ronin armor That you get when you uh, recruit your Ronin bro uh, That one I wore for a little bit But I felt like its damage increase wasn't actually worth it Because most enemies still just died a couple of hits anyway It didn't make much of a difference it was much better to just be able to tank hits whenever possible. So I need to upgrade my sword because guys are still taking quite a bit to go down. Yeah. Did you go get that shrine I told you about? Uh, no. Like I finished up the Ishikawa mission, uh, did the Lady Masako one, and then that armor one. And by that point, I needed to shut it off and go to bed. Well, that that charm increases. I know it increases like bamboo, woods, and stuff. I think it also increases the amount of iron you pick up, and like other crafting materials like that. I'm not quite sure. I was kind of, I was kind of surprised to see just how much of those materials are required to upgrade things. Uh, yeah, because like I I don't know it, that the resources are very abundant. Out in the world so like I'm constantly Just grabbing bamboo while I'm riding My horse Yep. Uh, so I get that they need to attach a high Number value to that just because those Resources are everywhere but like Typically in a lot of games like this like your first Level of upgrading stuff You don't see numbers in the hundreds <laughs> So yeah. well, It's a little bizarre to me That's also kind of what I was talking about Where I had mentioned that all of the upgrade materials are only for that thing So you don't really have to worry about like Oh, I would need bamboo for this armor piece or something That's just only for bows Same with iron only being used for swords Etc Where do I go to change the color of my armor? Because I thought that that would also just be done with the armor upgrade lady But I don't see the option to do that Uh, There are armor dye merchants in survivor camps Which you'll find everywhere And they all have the same dyes It doesn't matter which one they are They'll all have the same options 
I the... blew past a few survivor camps on my way to get that armor. There was a guy running down the street screaming for help when I went to go get that armor, and he's just like, the Mongols, they broke into my house and they took my wife and kid, and I was like, okay, that's... I have to go get this armor, though, so... Yeah. I'm sorry, bud. If you, um... If you come across any Mongols that have, like, somebody sort of tied up, uh, kill the Mongols and rescue the person because they'll mark a camp on the map. And the camps, you should do all of those. Because those okay. give you a lot of experience and uh, there's usually quite a few resources in it. There was... I don't know if it was a camp. It was like a cemetery that the Mongols had taken control of. And when I went there, there was just a ton of, like, iron... Yeah. laying all over the place Cemeteries will also always have Singing crickets in them Those can yeah. get you different uh, Songs for your Loot or whatever it's called You can play a song on uh, And those Going affect the weather quarter. Yeah Same Yeah I tried thing. to play that At the start of the game and it didn't do anything But I guess I needed to actually start Getting crickets for it to do that No Okay, well then I don't know. I played it and it didn't do jack shit. Well, I think the one you start with is like a sunny one, isn't it? Okay, so yeah. So that might well, be why. I didn't realize there was a way to check. Uh, yeah, in this pause or, menu, like, cycle through them. It's uh, in the same menu where you can change like the saddle for your horse. I think is where you can select what okay. song you have equipped. I was not aware that I had to select anything for that. I thought it was just you play it and then it would randomize what the weather would be. No, it's specific ones. Like you'll get like Song of Storms, they'll make it rain. Oh. Things like well, that. I didn't know the Song of Storms was in the game. Yep. Yeah, getting your. Play uh, song. Get my horse to come to me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Ghost, she, Jin, Ghost of time. Tsushima is pretty good. As long as you don't waste a whole bunch of time on the boring crap that they stuff the game full of. Yeah, I tried a couple side missions and they weren't super interesting. Um, I was getting into this with you last night that uh, part of what I like about samurai movies is not necessarily the action sequences in them. Like, I do like a good samurai sword fight in a movie, but the stuff that draws me to those more are like when they're just negotiating or trying to like trick people or swindle them like in Zadoichi movies most of those movies are Zadoichi trying to outsmart other people uh, who you know might assume less of him for his blindness or even something like Yojimbo which is mostly him just kind of playing both sides mm -hmm. uh, and like I wish that was more of a like a I, I kind of wish this game had more of that. Like, I would have liked it if this game had made use of different dialogue trees and options to kind of influence how missions would play out. There's a little bit of that. Like, I've only two times so far had dialogue options pop up. They do not give you, like, any time to really consider what those options are because they're on, like, a quick time timer that drains pretty fast. Also, it doesn't um, matter. Well, I was going to say, like, both times that I had selected them, the response that I got back seemed like it would have been applicable to either or. Yeah. So, that's kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. I, I would like it if Jin had to, like, ride into town and, like, go into a hotel and just start having to, like, ask around. There's, about... 
where to go or what to do or there's one side mission that's almost like that but not mm. but it's still kind of just like follow the footprints go here which, boy uh, there's, there's a lot of footprint following so much of that so far yeah like all those main story missions so far i've had to follow footprints yeah feel bad for anybody like, uh, who has like a smaller tv or something because they're <laughs> already pretty difficult to see sometimes yeah i so the side mission i did where i had to go get the iron plate back from the merchant had that where i needed to follow footprints the mission with ishikawa where his uh student tomoe uh went missing also had footprints i had to follow and then the lady masako mm-hmm. one because Masako had fleed from the Adachi estate, I also had to follow footprints. Yep. Yeah, you follow a whole lot of footprints in that game. Really oh, annoying. Sure. Uh, like at a certain by... point, I just stopped looking for them and was just like looking at the grass and like looking like, oh, this is where somebody's been running. Because like trying yeah. to actually look for the footprints is tedious. And also, if you get too far off track, Gene will pretty quickly tell you anyway, so it's faster to just, like, book it in a direction, and if he says something, be like, oh, guess it's the other way. Yeah, I found that, like, the winds will roll in if you kind of go askew from the footprints path, so yeah. it didn't really matter. But, yeah, it was by the, the third time that I was doing that for the Masako mission that it kind of dawned on me that, like, oh, a lot of missions are going to be structured this way of go-to-place talk to someone or find out that something has happened here follow footprints find person walk with person to next location yep because that's basically been it so far yep and that's why the main missions are the good stuff because it's just like hack your way through all these dudes that's the fun part yeah i mean like uh any good samurai movie they got their formula and they're sticking to it guess so it's it could not be more true to form uh, i turned that kurosawa kurosawa ah, mode on like briefly and then also realized i couldn't see fucking shit when i actually had to play the game i didn't really have issues with that like nearly as much as i thought i would it was mostly with the collectibles that caused a problem and yeah, it was during that uh, Tediori mission where it's like, find the purple flowers. That I was like, all right, you're clearly oh, yeah. not supposed to have this on, I guess, for the first time playing it. Also, I, I still that, turned it on like, for the main missions because I really like the way it looked. And I really like the way it looks too, but having it off, like Sucker Punch did some really beautiful color work in the game. Oh yeah. Just the, the way those landscapes look when you're just standing out and you're looking at a huge just swath of uh tsushima and it's you know you got all these like golden trees and like hills color covered in like purple flowers and everything like it's a very pretty looking game when you just kind of step back and look at the landscape yeah and in the black and white mode you kind of lose a lot of that some of it i don't know but yeah that's why also by turning it on when it was just the main missions like a lot of those are just like fighting a bunch of guys in a fort or something so heavy and black and white didn't detract from that yeah yeah i suppose but uh i'm still having fun with it so far speaking of that though like the filters i had mentioned this to you too i wish that they had another filter that like you don't have to say when you've mentioned something to me i remember (laughs) 
Kurosawa mode is really neat and interesting, and I like that they put it in that game. I wish that they had captured another era of samurai movies, though, which was the early color era, where the colors are all kind of washed out in those samurai movies, and you still have a heavy film grain. Like, that would have been a good look for the game, too. You'd still get the color work in there. It might be a bit more kind of fuzzy to try to, like, capture that specific era of film, but at least then it wouldn't be, you know, quite so difficult to pick out collectibles and stuff in the environment, and you would still get a filter that was more evocative of samurai movies. Yeah, sure. But just, you know, going raw. Uh, but unfortunately, just just the Kurosawa one. Yeah. Which still looks great, but yeah, whatever. Um, I have breaking I, news for you. I have my main issue with the Kurosawa mode is that it has film grain on the mat at the top and bottom. Oh, yeah. Which it should not. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. It's not how movies work. Nope. God. Anyway, what? Uh, I have breaking news for you. Uh, Breaking as of six minutes ago. Uh, The Biden-Harris campaign launches Animal Crossing yard signs. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Animal cross to the poles. Uh, you think uh, Biden's got good turnip prices? Well, I don't know. He doesn't know either. He might have known two minutes ago. Now he doesn't know anymore. Biden you know, are, this... an animal crossing and fell in it, and he's been in there ever since. Our turnip prices have one more 100 100 year, more listen one year more than 100 years in the past the turnips thanks biden You're gonna be a great president <laughs> or not that's it for like three most months likely really you think it's gonna be three months he's elected i i'm an optimist i guess so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pokemon Master Sex is also trending for some reason. I'm shutting Twitter <laughs> off. Yeah, it's supposed to be Masters <laughs> EX, but uh, very well thought out hashtag. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's a certain side of Pokemon art Twitter that I imagine is making very good use of that hashtag right now. So, oh, I bet. Good, good for them. No. Getting their Disagree. names out there. Get, getting some commission money. Right. <laughs> I have also... I've been playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Pretty good. I still need to play that. I still need to finish the second one. Yeah. But I got to, like, the end of, and then uh, Family <sighs> Share went stupid on me, and mm. I never bothered to get it set back up again. And, yeah. That's always your excuse. Well, no, actually, I did get it set back up, but I just never got back around to yeah, playing same. the game because uh, it was on it was on Danny's family share, not oh. yours. Oh yeah, because I had it on Xbox. Uh, yeah. yeah, um, I don't like it as much as Rise, but still pretty good. Uh, I appreciate that Laura can just go full first blood Rambo and just like cover herself in mud and like get up against mud walls and stab guys. Just give them a war they just, wouldn't believe. They just 
reminds me of that scene from the first game where she falls into that like mucky bloody water and then just like slowly rises up oh, from yeah, it yeah yeah apocalypse and house style yeah yeah uh, does she still die in extremely horrific ways in that game oh, of course have they kept that alive okay yeah that's the God, trademark that is the thing that stuck with me the most about that first one was Laura gets fucked up. Who? More Lara. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lara Croft. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, really, I'm not a fan of how those games are M-rated in general. I, to me, it's like a really weird, incongruous element of it, and I don't think they should be. But whatever. You don't like a good hard Lara Croft. No, not really. Mm. Um, but yeah, this one also has... They've sort of gone further into the sort of RPG elements of it, which I am not that into. Uh, like buying guns and stuff from a merchant and... Have you gotten far in enough for her to learn Augidine? No, not yet. Oh. I mean, there's a pretty big skill tree... A whole lot of the skills seem useless. So I don't want to drag this back to Ghost of Tsushima, but yeah, I was actually surprised. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> I was actually surprised to see how big the skill trees were in that game. Once again, most of those are completely useless. Oh sure, but like I was kind of taken aback by like, oh wow, there's actually a lot here to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, like, by the end of Act 1, I had everything unlocked that I would have any use for, and so past that I was just like, guess I'll fill in the rest of these dots, I don't know. I'm not going to use firecrackers. I would. That just seems like a good time. Kind of, except why bother, like, throw this firecracker over here, and then the guy will look at it and wander over, and then you can sneak up and stab him. Or you can just run up and, like, hit him twice and he's dead anyway. Ah, sure. Stealth is such a waste of time in that game. There's an early part in that game where I had to go talk to an innkeeper uh, to figure out where to go next. And he's like, okay, yeah, follow me. I'll take you to Ishikawa's. And he turned around, stepped onto a bench, and began walking into the wall for a good (laughs) long while. (laughs) Uh, One time... There's a so one of the musician quests near the end is to make it so you can light your sword on fire, and he's sitting there next to an unlit bonfire, and I went up to him and the same button for action is also the button to talk to people, and so I talked to him and then also hit R two to light the fire, and then he asked me to light the fire. <laughs> And so it's showing me a cutscene here of the fire already lit and him asking me to light it. And then I couldn't light it, so I had to just like fast travel somewhere else and then back to reset that so I could do that quest. There's a... I'm sorry, I'll save this one last thing about Ghost and then we'll go back to Doom Raider. But there there is a lot about that game that, you know, you, you have said this before on the podcast. That it seems like Ghost of Tsushima was something that was maybe meant to come out like mid generation. Like this, they started this like a while ago. Yeah. And boy, it fucking feels it. Yeah. Like I'm having a good time with it. I don't want to seem like I'm just dumping on this game. 
I, I do really enjoy it. I dig its atmosphere. I really like how it looks. The combat's fun enough. Like, there's nothing that I'm, like, bouncing off of with it. But, like, the, the formumatic setups to these missions and stuff like that where, like, you have to go load into another area because for some reason they 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 bound the action key and the talk key to the same thing like that just seems like some outdated thinking of game design like this is something that they were working on years and years ago yep well yeah i mean uh infamous first first son second son uh came out so long ago that yeah I'm, there had to have been something up with this yeah Anyway, anyway. Uh, Tomb Raider, pretty good. Uh, I really do not like how you can cap your um, your crafting materials, like salvage in particular. That's kind of messed up to me, because it means like I'll be like, well, I guess I have maxed out on salvage, so I will upgrade one of these like four guns I have, which none of that really matters, because... It, I would guess the gun you start with once you've upgraded it is the most powerful. That's usually how it works. Yeah, I have I a question know. for you about Tomb Raider. Okay. I'm trying to remember in the set. I know at the end of the first game, she finally got her dual pistols. Yeah. And I want to say in the second game, you don't start out with those. Nope, you don't in uh, this one either. What the fuck? I don't know. She's the Tomb Raider. That's her whole thing, and she's got the dual pistols. Yeah, I think you do. She get flips around, and then the sometimes second, she. Uh, I mean, if you did, it was further in than I got because I do not remember them. Okay. Well, you said you got near the end. Also, that is kind of one of the things is the end of that game goes on for a while. Like, I don't know what was, was up with that, but it it's kind of a slog at the end. I was about to say, I think I might have got near the end of that game in the same way I thought I got near the end of MS Saga before I played that again. Where, no, like, actually maybe be. there was, like, another 80 hours of video game. No, it wouldn't be that bad. Um, I went back to Jesus's like, village and hung out with him for a bit, and it seemed like Jesus was getting ready to go murder the bad guys. Uh, that's yeah, where I left off. Yeah, that's pretty close to the end. But okay. still, like, that last segment does kind of take... Longer than it should You can go ahead and spoil it for me Was that guy actually Jesus? Because it uh, seemed like that's what they were getting at Yeah, basically Okay I mean, yeah You know, it's kind uh-huh. of funny How people were mad at The Last of Us For supposedly having A Christian cult as the bad guys um, mm. When These Tomb Raider games, like, they're evil Jews are the bad guys So <laughs> Oh no. It's just right there. Look. Called Trinity. They're all about that Yahweh. That's, uh that's true. And they are explicitly like that's their deal. But you know, whatever. Uh I yeah, never should played I... the original Tomb Raiders. Okay. Not 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 a one. Congratulations. I have them. <laughs> They're on my list of uh games to play. I oh, should probably no. get around to those sometime soon. Are they actually are they actually good? No. Or are they like they were good at the time and they do not hold up? I didn't like them at the time. Okay. The thing is, I... they're so Okay. You know the style of game like uh like Oddworld or Flashback or Blackthorn, where it's like, you yes. know, you 
you have very deliberate step forward jump up climb up step forward that kind of platforming it's that but in 3d oh that doesn't sound fun no it's not well why who who would play that uh people who really wanted to look at lara croft i guess as I get every one of those games when they came out back then, I would try them. I don't know that I ever got past like the second level on any of them, because they're just like level design is so obtuse. Like it's all just a mess trying to figure out where to go. Uh, yeah. It. I remember buying Tomb Raider: Angel of Darkness when it came out. Uh, because I thought, oh, with the power of the PlayStation 2, surely this will be smoother, and, like, also, the setting looked different from the other ones. Like, maybe this will be the time they finally make a good one. And it was worse was than the, any of the others. Is that the one that took place, in, like, in a city or something like that? Yeah, it's in Paris. Okay. Although, the thing is, for as much as people complained about the first of the reboot one not having enough, enough tomb raiding in it, those original games don't really have a whole lot of tomb raiding in it either except for the first one like two I, and three okay. large stretches of them are just like you're in venice or you're on a ship or something like that actually should walk back my comment that i've never played any of the original tomb raiders i did play a demo for the first one off of some sort of like i think it was on a playstation underground disc. yeah sure so I, I've screwed around in one of them, um, but I've not sat down and actually like played them proper. Uh, well, I mean, so the series got good with Legend, which was a 360 game, um, mm. and Anniversary was like a remake of the first game in that engine, and that was really good too. Then they all made... right, Xbox 360 emulation. Where's it at? <laughs> Lay it on me. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, they, there were PS3 versions King, too. This disc on eBay. I, I do wonder how well the PS3 versions emulate. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were good. Then they made Underworld, which was not good, and then that was like kind of the end of it until the new ones. Mm. Speaking of unloading games on eBay, I uh, have been considering selling No More Heroes too. Why? What? What's it going for? Like 80 bucks. What? Yeah, I'm yeah. selling that. Because they're going to port it eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, if they do that, then obviously the original one's not going to be worth as much. Also, I was uh, thinking about when the hell am I going to play no, no More Heroes 2 again. Yeah, exactly. Like, besides the fact that I don't have no Wii Motes, so I can't play it on my Wii U, and also I don't really feel like compelled enough to buy a Wii Mote just to play that and Donkey Kong Country Returns. Also, Which I, I wish wonder... they would port Donkey Kong Country Returns to the Switch already. It is still bizarre to me that they put Tropical Freeze on the Switch, but yeah. Returns is still relegated to the 3DS. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's really weird. I wonder what the emulation would be like for No More Heroes 2. Because it was basically just like shake the remote and like have it pointed up or down, right? Same as the first shake, one. Shake. Yeah, shake, yeah. shake. Oh. Uh... Yeah, I was, th I was thinking about that too. Like, honestly, I could just emulate those games if I really wanted to play them again. But, like, Donkey Kong Country Returns only sells for, like, 14 bucks, So there's really mm. almost no reason to put that up on eBay. But, 
yeah, you can at the least get $60 for No More Heroes 2. I saw some people selling it as high as like 70 or 80 bucks. Hmm. Good to know, I guess. So, yeah. But yeah, I know Donkey Kong Country Returns emulates well because I've done that. Because you can just like map waggle yeah. to a button and hey, guess what? It plays a whole lot better. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that 3DS version of it plays perfectly fine. Nope. Just uh, that's. No, it does oh, not. Well, it is an absolutely okay, garbage frame rate. <laughs> that version sucks. I was going to say anyway that that would not be my ideal way to play that game. I'd rather just play that on the TV. So. Yeah, yeah, that 3DS version looks like crap and plays like crap too. There's a reason they I kept just trying remember... to give it away with Club Nintendo points. <laughs> I just remember Ryan Davis doing a quick look of that and dumping on it, and I think that was the last quick look he did before he died. R.I.P. Yeah. What what a game to go out on, though. Like, damn. Yeah. Damn. Anyway, Tomb Raider? I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, Tomb Raider, I'll get back to you once I have finished it. Shouldn't be too long. I'll probably finish it this week. Yeah. I wonder what else, uh, I was also thinking about, you know, as far as selling games, like, uh, getting rid of some of these Wii U games, because I looked at all the Wii U games I have on my shelf, and most of those I could just buy on the Switch. Yeah. But also then, considering, like, those don't sell for much money, because who on earth is going to buy the Wii U version of those games that are available on the Switch? So, like, my initial plan of oh, I can sell these and then buy them again kind of fell through when I realized I would still be paying more money for these games that I could still just play on my Wii U. Oh, something, a quick note about Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which also applies to The Last of Us, which I forgot to mention back then, is I appreciate that it has very granular difficulty settings, which is something neat. It's like you can adjust the... Uh, the combat difficulty, the puzzle difficulty, the exploration difficulty, and uh, all of those sort of feed into the overall difficulty. So, like, if you want harder combat but regular puzzle difficulty, you can do that. Uh, and that's a neat concept. I like that stuff. I, there's some other game that did that, and I'm trying to remember what it is. I don't know. So, uh, oh, The Last of Us 2 also did this. Um, and they also, like, credit to them have a ton of accessibility options, like, a bunch of stuff, like, making it so it highlights the player characters, like, I guess for colorblindness or something? It's like high contrast mode or something like that. There's a whole bunch of options. Um, and the one thing I would mention there is that you can specifically alter the drop rate of materials. Like both for weapon crafting and skill upgrades and stuff. If anybody's thinking about playing it, I would say crank those to full. Like no matter what. Especially if you're planning on going for any of the trophies. Because there are trophies for upgrading every weapon to max and getting all the skills. And playing it on hard, I did not get anywhere near enough materials. And I explored everywhere mm. in that game. Uh, so... That and getting all of the upgrades and stuff don't actually make the game much easier because a lot of it, it's kind of the same thing. Like, why would I bother getting a capacity upgrade for the shotgun when I'm not going to have enough shells most of the time for more than like one yes, equivalent of a magazine for it? 
that makes no sense so like yeah i just got like damage for pretty much everything and then again it, it was like the ghost of tsushima thing basically just checking boxes from there on but yeah, if, yeah. It, so m- you might as well just crank that stuff up so you can at least get the trophies if you want care about that thing i don't know crank it louder <laughs> uh hey the uh nvidia event is going on who cares right now. i completely forgot that that was that? a retro well, corner I I was going to say I care about it because just kind of eyeballing it right now, the host of this thing is apparently recording this in his kitchen. Cool. With just this big thing of like a dozen different spatulas. Spatula City. I I, this guy clearly did not invest in a Jeff Keighley holodeck room for this. Yeah. Uh, also, ray tracing is coming to Fortnite big fucking deal who cares <laughs> i can't wait i i mostly was like flicking through this because i wanted to see if they have actually like announced the new cards yet and like what the price of those cards would be but so far i'm not seeing anything on I'm it i'm not going to um, yeah i guess anyway like, for actual game talk uh, i forgot to mention uh, uh the awe expansion for control came out the Alan Wake oh, Experience, yeah. uh, which is also my prog rock band. We, um, we're got, well, we're not playing any shows now because of the virus, but soon we hope to be getting back out there. Uh, Smash Mouth is out there, man. What's your excuse? Somebody wants... Yeah. Um, so I have not COVID played... cases linked to that Smash Mouth concert, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm aware. Thanks, Steve Smash Harwell. Mouth. Does not, he doesn't care. Nope. But I had not played the Foundation expansion, which is the one that came first. So I'm playing through that right now. I'm gonna say, not a huge fan. Uh, it's a little light on story for one thing, and that's kind of one of the things I like about Control. It's so far is kind of just you. You're like going. To these four things to unlock these keys that are gonna somehow do something with a monol- mon- monolith, yeah, obelisk, whatever you want to call it in the middle. All the ley lines converge on it. A game goes to the point of calling them MacGuffins, and at that point, I was like, yeah, uh, all right. It's busting down that fourth wall, Let's man. Get this get this done with well it's the board that calls them that so it makes a certain amount of sense uh i know you have not played the game so that doesn't mean anything oh. to you but it ran like piss on my computer well get a new computer you jerk i uh, was looking at the nvidia thing and you were like don't look at the nvidia thing i don't care that the guy's in his kitchen i do because then maybe i can play control maybe he Maybe he opens the oven up and he takes the graphics cards out of that. Well, hey, just get the for you for a long time. Just get the ultimate edition of Control for the PlayStation Five. I'm actually probably going to do that because at least you won't be screwed over like the people who already bought Control in the season pass, which is the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I will. I will actually probably do it. Probably do that. I, I've been wanting to play Control, but. I don't know. It, at this point, it just has felt weird actually buying that on the PlayStation 4. Uh, oh, yeah. It don't. goes on sale for dirt cheap. And then, yeah, they announced that whole thing of like, 
hey, PlayStation 4 owners can get fucked. The best version of this game's coming out on the PS5, so now there's mm, definitely no reason to It's do that. not even that. It's that they're still selling the Ultimate Edition on PS4. But it's only, oh, if you, okay. it's only if you buy that that you get the free upgrade to the PS5 version. Even though oh, if gosh, you already I... bought the original game and the season pass, that's the same thing. I had misunderstood. I thought they were not even bothering with that on nope. the PlayStation 4. No. Okay. Well, still, but I'll get that on the PlayStation 5 anyway. Yeah. I'll enjoy Control someday. Someday. Yeah. That way you can play it, and then by then, every detail about will have left my mind, and you'll be talking to me about it and be like, huh? What? Who's Ati? What are you talking about? Oh, what's this about a janitor? I, that doesn't sound D- familiar. Director? What? You mean like Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> this uh, whole data file about feet. It's yeah. written in broken English. Everything's Whoever redacted. wrote this does not spell words good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm playing through Foundation, and hopefully I'll be done with that soon. And I can get to the real stuff. Find out what happened to my oh. boy Alan Wake. Mm. Also, uh, in in the interim between playing that game and now, I think they nerfed a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, because I went, it has like this expedition thing, which are sort of these randomly generated things i guess you can do to get loot or i don't know and i kind of got immediately wrecked when i went in there which was surprising like to some extent like i hadn't played it in so long that i'd kind of i had to get back into the groove but at the same time they've also introduced a new tier of mod like for personal and weapon mods and so maybe i was supposed to have some of those before going in there because i haven't had any issues in the actual foundation dlc yet but yeah i think they rebalance some stuff i remember launch like being ridiculously powerful i remember near the end of that game like being functionally immortal so it was weird to me that now i'm dying pretty quick you just described my entire transition from my 20s to my 30s just thinking i'm functionally immortal to dying pretty quick good one retro corner what you got oh before i want to get into the retro corner i wanted to kind of make it well my retro corner is not particularly (sighs) complicated i had stuff going on so i got one game to talk about i kind of wanted to just bring up like in relation to all these new games because i've i've finally for the first time in a while this year have been playing a brand new video game and i've noticed that yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, I started right. playing it. Uh, so anyway, I, in Ghost of Tsushima... I actually I got like, excited for a bit and then was like, oh, right, that one. <laughs> That's the only one I've been playing with. It. Come on, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I mean, I fucked around in the Crash Bandicoot trilogy again, but like I had already played that. Um, right about now. Yeah, Funk Show Brother, right about <laughs> now. Funk Soul Brother. <laughs> Whatever. I don't give a shit about that song. I give a shit about Crash, though. Okay. Uh, which I think, like, I might actually not pick that game up in October because it feels weird to me that. Because again, I'm not going to keep this PlayStation account. It feels weird to start up a save for that game on the PlayStation 4 when, like, I would probably just want to play that game again on the PlayStation 5. So I'm kind of thinking I might sit on that. I don't know. But yeah, that's besides the point. Uh, I've been playing 
all these old games so my eyes have been getting accustomed to like 16-bit and 32-bit graphics and i don't know if it's that my eyesight is actually starting to go bad or if it is just that i have not like actually played and looked at modern video games as regularly as you have but I've been finding that my vision keeps like blurring over in Ghost of Tsushima. Like I will see the little prompt pop up for like, there's supplies here for you to pick up. And it takes me a second of like having to focus in and go like, oh, okay, that's, that's supplies. I need to pick that up. Cause like whipping the camera around and blurring everything is just like somewhat disorienting me. It's, it's weird. It, it feels like I have to kind of get reaccustomed to looking at a modern video game because they just look so like the fidelity is so high on the graphics and the colors you're using are just like so rich. All the lighting effects and the blurring effects that they use is just stuff that you don't find at all in the kind of video games that I've mostly been playing. Okay. Uh, that makes sense? No, not really. Am I Am I dying? Well, yes, but I'm not sure that this is really a symptom of that. Okay, I, I feel weird about it, because part, part of it, too, might be that I've been playing Pokemon Stadium 2. Uh, I've beat Pokemon Stadium 2, which is my retro corner game, uh, and it's a Nintendo 64 game, so that game is blurry as fuck. <laughs> so going yeah. between that and Ghost of Tsushima is doing a number on my eyes, I think. Very possible. But I also just, just also don't know how much it is. Just eyesight degrades in my family, and I kind of wonder if this is maybe a sign that that's starting with me or something. Um, but anyway, Pokemon Stadium Two. Uh, have you played Pokemon Stadium One? Yes. Okay, you've played Pokemon Stadium Two. Then it's the same shit. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't fucking. So this time down... you can have gold and silver stuff in it down to the rotten core of it being bullshit constant fucking bullshit like the computer still cheats which shouldn't be really like that surprising i had like a lot of matches where like i would have pokemon that were definitely more powerful than the opponent but the opponent would just have like attack priority on me where they definitely shouldn't like a, a little tiny fucking flower lady should not be faster than a charizard but it was so like i had like a lot of magic no it shouldn't it's a plant plants don't <laughs> run around but it's small they sit on the ground it's charizard's agile. a dragon charizard flies you fucker it should be faster uh no, that like i had a lot of matches where like uh it, the enemies seem to use status effects a lot more but the one of their most favorite combos is to, first of all, confuse you, second of all, charm you, and then lower your accuracy. Like a Persona so, 3 boss. Yeah, so you just can't fucking hit them, because you have to then pass three different checks just to be able to get your attack off. And while your Pokémon is too busy punching itself in the face, or being too horny, it won't attack the other Pokémon, or just plain whiffing, the enemy is just whittling down your health. But they'll do it very slowly. Uh, some of the times when I've been like hit by that specific combo, their main mode of damage is then to poison me on top of it. And so it's just the most boring shit. Because like, I know I'm going to lose, but I just have to sit here and like 
run through 10 turns before my Pokemon passes out. This actually does sound very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Like, but that's the thing is, I don't really remember that happening as much in the original Pokemon Stadium. In the original Pokemon Stadium, it just seemed to, like, pre-roll everything for you. So, like, you would just whiff because you whiffed, and then the enemy would hit you with something powerful. It felt like matches in Pokemon Stadium went by more quickly than they do in 2, where 2 just jerks you around. Everything is so fucking slow in that game. Like... When you forfeit a match because you know that this shit is not going to go your way for like the eighth time, the process of then having to back out and re-enter and confirm that you want the same Pokemon and then go through the whole thing of the character you're fighting being like, yeah, I love water Pokemon, and then selecting your Pokemon and then going through the animations of sending the Pokemon out, it is designed to just agonizingly waste your time. Sounds like Pokemon to me. Yep, they made a Pokemon game back in uh, the year 2001. Go figure. Yeah, real Pokemon late company... 64 game, like WWF oh, yeah. No Mercy. Is Mankind was... in Stadium 2? <laughs> yeah, but you have to beat Round 2, uh, which is basically the game's hard mode, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, you get Mr. Socko. Were... There was some, uh, like, data that got unearthed, I want to say, from, like, hacking the GameCube that found, like, uh... God, what was it? It, it was, like, what? the... <laughs> yes. Uh, it was the save data that they had, like, created some sort of dummy thing, I guess, to test out save data, except the person had built it around Pokemon Stadium 2. Okay. And like, and the flavor text for it was like, Pokemon Stadium 2, the greatest game ever, coming out soon. So like, someone was just really excited for it on the development team. Uh, but yeah, that, I was bringing that up because it, it was in very close proximity to the GameCube coming out. Uh, to the point that I'm kind of surprised they even bothered to make it to begin with, because you'd still have to model all those new Pokemon to put in it. So... While much of the work was already done because it's just Pokemon Stadium again, I don't know it was really worth the effort of making like a hundred new character models for it. Yeah, that's before they realized, oh, we can just put out this game again up-resed on the new console. <laughs> that's right. Nobody hey, these models that we that used out. for this, these models we used for this other system, we could just uh, put that in the new game. <laughs> yeah. Same textures and all. Um, kind of weird amount of restraint compared to later Pokemon Company. Yeah. But the the game is uh, you know, appropriately because it's based on gold and silver, there is just there there's more of it for no good reason. The gym leader tower then turns into like a second gym leader tower where you go and you fight the, you know, gym leaders from red and blue. Uh and you fight red like you would in gold and silver. As well as your rival, who is just decked out with Mewtwo, Lugia, and Ho-Oh. And weirdly enough, that's like the easiest match in the entire game, because it's the only match you can use all six of your Pokemon instead of just having to pick three and hoping that you picked the right combination of three to take out whatever the opponent has. I'll let you in on a secret. If you want to play Pokemon Stadium 2 and you Not want really. to actually beat the game... Okay. Well, what? maybe somebody out there. Uh, just pick Wabufet, because he's fucking yeah. broken. Yep. <laughs> he's 
so busted. I love a fifth for people who don't know has counter and mirror coat. Uh, the way those are set up is because he's so slow. If you get hit with a special type attack and you use mirror coat, you will rebound the damage and it will be multiplied. So it will always do way more to the enemy than it did to you. And then counter is the same for physical type moves. And also Wabu Fett has a lot of HP and its defenses are really high. So it will probably not die in one hit from any attack other than the ones that are designed to one hit KO. Yeah. Uh, and from my experience, like none of the characters you face in Pokemon Stadium 2 use the one hit KO moves. Uh, they do in the first game. Like Hama? And they land all the time. Mudo? Yes. Hama and Mudo. Uh, no, it's like a not a horn drill. Uh, Fissure is one of the ones that's like a guillotine. KO. Guillotine, that's the other one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, never hit in my experience. No, unless you are a AI in the original Pokemon Stadium, in which case it hits like seventy five percent of the time. Oh yeah. And it will always be at the ass end, or not the ass end, the, the tail end. I don't know. It'll be the end of like a eight round thing, and then you have to do it all over again. Good times. Which is like, thankfully, in like the gym leader challenge thing in this game, like most of them, you only have to face like one or two guys before the actual gym leader. So you don't lose that much progress if you get to the end of it and you game over. But like when you get to the elite four, you have to fight all four of them plus the champion. And because they have wildly different teams, like, I could only get through that by getting a very specific setup that was recommended on a game facts. Like, because otherwise, I everything I tried to throw at them, I I spent a week and a half just on the elite four. Not even make like an entire week and a half of just every day putting in at least like two hours trying to beat them. And this uh, is same why you with, went to the hospital? This is why I went, my my heart rate was too high. I went to bed thinking about the Elite Four. I was yeah. just getting really angry. <laughs> Spot the Elite Four and started having muscle spasms. Everyone talks about how Lavender Town's music made kids develop epilepsy or whatever, but for me, it's <laughs> the fucking Elite Four in Pokemon Stadium 2. It's a like a creepy pasta thing that the music oh. like triggered something in children's brains and made them commit suicide or whatever, like some kind of gloomy Monday thing. No, that's just what the Pokemon, Sta Pokemon Stadium games do. Yeah, it's Blue Monday, Call of Duty Cold War trailer. Sure. Okay. Yes. You watch that, right? No. You should. You should watch the Cold War trailer. Okay. It's real I dumb. I heard some people getting getting mad about it. Oh, of course uh, they do. Kotaku wrote about. something about it furthering right wing propaganda, but also it's Kotaku, so I don't mm, I don't know about that. I mean that's kinda of right, but also I think Call of Duty is too stupid to have any sort of actual agenda. Oh like, sure. Like uh Black Ops like in particular. Yeah. But like Black Ops in particular is so insane like none of it makes any sense at all that I don't I wouldn't ascribe any sort of agenda like that to it yeah. uh, I will say it features a really good video game Ronald Reagan uh, oh, this apparently is going to okay. be in the story mode and I hope you yeah I should like, watch that then 
let me buy the season pass so I get the Ronald Reagan skin for, for multiplayer and can drop <laughs> white phosphorus on people. That would be pretty good. I don't know. I meant it for season two. I hear they're putting an Ollie North skin in. I mean, do you good remember? Old, do you remember Ollie North old, like actually was an advisor on one of the previous games? Oh no! Yeah, it was like Black Ops Two, what? I think. Yeah. Jesus Christ! All right. I mean, he know a lot about guns and also like Russia, <laughs> I guess. I'm uh, maybe. Like filtered through his particular vision, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Pokemon Stadium too, though. Uh, like I said, I spent like a week and a half just on the Elite Four. I spent another additional week on just one of the Stadium Cups. Uh, the game is bullshit. It, much like the first Pokemon Stadium, it is designed around the expectation that you have the transfer pack and that you really like you some goddamn Pokemon because you have better Pokemon on your cart than you do on the N64 cartridge. Yep. Uh, the rental teams all suck so much. Yep. Uh, they suck in a very specific way, which is, uh, say you have an Alakazam, uh, you know, the, the best of the Abra tree of evolutions, so he would have the best stats, but he has the crappiest move pool. He has Psyway, which is not a particularly good Psychic-type move, but Kadabra, the one in the middle, who would have worse stats, has Psychic, which is the better move, so when you go into a battle, Kadabra will do more damage than Alakazam, but has less of a chance to actually survive a match. So that is the way that the rental system is essentially set up, to just completely bone you. Uh, but I can say, after playing Pokemon Stadium 2 for, I'm pretty sure, like an actual month now, that I have beat that entire game strictly using a rental team, which means I am good at video games. Cool. Uh, back to Call of Duty. Did, have you played any of the Black Ops <laughs> games? No. Oh, see, you're missing no, out then. They're the best. I've only played Modern Warfare 2. Not even Modern I've not Warfare played one. any of the other ones. Uh, nah, okay, no, I played a bit of Modern Warfare 1, but I did not own it. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Maybe I did. Which was the one with no Russian? That's two. That was two, right? Okay, then I own two. Okay. Yeah, I remember too. That, that was when you did your really good Ronald Reagan impression, actually, when playing that. <laughs> um. Okay, well, so Black Ops 1 is nuts. It's like all about uh, like number stations and infecting like sl like making sleeper cells and stuff like sort of Manchurian candidate style like your character has been programmed to assassinate JFK or something like that. I don't know and, if I want to play that I might accidentally get activated. And so this was like one of the first ones where they had Hollywood people in it. So like Ed Harris is just yelling at you like what do the numbers mean, Mason? And all of this stuff. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Exactly. Yes, exactly. It is numbers, numbers, numbers the game. Uh really good. Highly recommend you play that one. It's cool. Wasn't Kevin Spacey in one of those? Things? Yes, he was in Advanced Warfare, which was like the oh first boy. PlayStation Four one, I think. That one was okay, I guess. I don't know. It's shocking. He's the bad guy. You drop him off a building at the end, like Hans Gruber style. Just can't believe Kevin Spacey would play a bad guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he just seems 
So nice in real life. So very, very approachable. So I never played Black Ops Two. Uh, Black Ops One was like Vietnam stuff mostly, and flashbacks. Mm. Um, but um, Black Ops Two was like futuristic, and then Black Ops Three I played, and that is also futuristic except it features Christopher Maloney of Law and Order SVU and Happy fame. Uh. And that whole game, at the end, it turns out, was an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, but RoboCop. Where you were actually... I should play that. You you were, like, basically dead. Like, the thing at the beginning where you get attacked by robots. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, you're a human soldier and you, you get almost killed and then turned into a RoboCop-type soldier. Hmm. Um... Except then at the end it turns out you actually just died And like this was all Sort of like a simulation thing I would in fact buy that for a dollar <laughs> I actually I didn't like that one that much Black Ops 1 is the one to play Apparently 2 is good too I just skipped it for whatever reason I guess tired of Call of Duty at the time But that one has like weird branching storyline paths in it and stuff I don't know Sure just I w- do it I w- like Shadow the Hedgehog I don't know. Thirty-two uh, different levels. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> I actually was thinking I would maybe go back and play that, but in the Xbox Ultimate Game Sale, it was like twenty-five dollars or something for this Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty oh, game. I was like, no, thank you. Didn't that? What was the game that was like completely delisted that they included in that sale? Syndicate. Oh God, that's right. That's what the fuck. I don't know. They just—they had to have had some like kind of blanket term that they used to decide what was going to go on sale, like Maybe. some criteria, and just activated that. And the syndicate was just like got tripped up in that. I, I think it was probably set to be on sale and then got delisted quickly, like between then and now or something, uh, because it yeah, was maybe. available for purchase not that long ago. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still pretty funny though, just seeing that at the bottom of the list and being like, "Oh man, Syndicate's on!" Oh no. Yeah, can't actually buy oh. it. Weird. The Turtles of Time reshelled up on the sale. I mean, it might come back. Other stuff that's been delisted has come back. Yeah, Turtles in Time won't though. Uh, that's no. That's pretty sure they want forever. everyone to forget about. Yeah, they don't want people to remember that game. You and I are going to be the last two human beings alive that remember that game. Probably. Anyway, we need to keep uh, it fresh in our memories, or it will disappear for forever. It will just crumble into dust. Pokemon Stadium Two. Why you give it? Uh, well, I did. Okay, so very bad game. Uh, not fun. Frustrating. Overly difficult. Intentionally tries to dick over the player. Mini games are really good. Yeah, mini games are kind of amazing. The mini games in Pokemon Stadium Two are actually better than the mini games in the first one, with the exception being the Lickitung uh, sushi game, which is yeah. still the best. Um, but there's even more mini games in this one. There's like actually quite a bit of them, and they they kind of set up different ways that you can kind of you don't just go in there and say, "Hey, me and my three other friends that totally exist and are playing the Nintendo sixty four with me in the year twenty twenty let's just play a mini game out of Pokemon Stadium. No, you can like set it up so it's like a tournament style thing. Like they give you a lot of options on how to approach the mini games, uh, which I think is really cool. And also maybe them realizing that 
the only thing people actually gave a shit about with Pokemon Stadium was the fucking mini games. It was that and being like, whoa, you can see Blastoise in 3D. Yes. Uh, I would say the two biggest reasons to have owned Pokemon Stadium were the mini games and the fact that you could actually play the Game Boy carts on a TV. Hold on a second. Uh, because. Uh huh. Are you going to tell me that, uh, like, Blastoise is actually pronounced Blastus because it's Tortoise plus Blast or something like that? No. No. Okay. No, no. Blastoise. That seems like something you would come up with. No. Why would I? I know how to pronounce words. Okay. This is like when. I got in an argument with someone on YouTube uh, because they had put out a video where they said Casinoopolis from Sonic Adventure was pronounced Casinopolis, and that's not <laughs> how that fucking word works. Yeah, I mean, that would be like yeah. Hydrocity. Well, that does work because that is a play on Velocity. It's Hydrocity. No, it's not. It is. It's Hydrocity. It's a city underwater. It's nothing about that level. It's like a city underwater. It's a yeah, planned it, velocity. It's a water level that goes past. It was the first water level that went past in the Sonic game. It's pronounced Hydrocity. Alright. is not how you say it, though. It's Casinoopolis. I understand there's only one O in there, but if you pronounce it Casinopolis, you're a dumbass. Casinopolis. You're, you're a double dumbass if you pronounce it Hydro City. Whoa, Captain those Kirk people, over here. Those, those people are on my fucking list, man. So it would be Casinopolis? No, Casinopolis. And like that is actually but there's how only you one say o? it. There's only one O. Uh, but that is actually how you say it because in later Sonic games, characters actually say that name and reference it and they say Casinopolis. Huh. Do they ever say Hydrocity? No. <laughs> people who have worked for sega say hydro city but those people who oh. worked for sega who say that were not involved with the development of that game they were fans okay. who later got to run their social media so they are in fact fucking wrong and i am right and i should run the social media because i know more about sonic <laughs> than they do all right I did. I will not just die on this hill. I made this fucking hill. <laughs> I built it myself. Your own personal Golgotha. That's right. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pokemon Stadium? That's a video game. What about it? I was supposed to be talking about that instead of Sonic the Hedgehog. Anyway, I've been thinking a lot about the branching paths in Shadow the Hedgehog lately. And I've been starting to think maybe I should play all of the Sonic games, literally all of them, every single one. Like, maybe when I'm done with the list, that's what I do to myself and my body. Uh, t sure, I guess. Why not? Surprised you yeah. haven't already done it. I mean, I've gotten, like, I've played all the Sonic games. Uh, there's been a few exceptions. I've not played the Sega Sonic game, the arcade game that had come out with the trackball. I didn't play the uh, Wii Sonic games at all. Uh, have, you ever played, have you played Spinball to Conclusion? No. I I can get to the final level, but I can never seem to be a... Yeah. That game is hard. Yeah. Um, Especially hard considering it runs at like three frames per second. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like how the whole point of that game was like, hey, the casino levels in Sonic the Hedgehog are like really fun. What if we just made like a pinball game that was based on that? 
and then they made Sonic not at all control how he is supposed to. He feels terrible. Yeah. Um. Really yeah, good I, sound uh, effects. Wow. Oh yeah. Like that kind of stuff I like, all over it. I like uh, I like the music for the first level in that game. A whole yeah. Lot. Yeah. Toxic caves. Uh, I've played a little bit of Sonic Eraser. Um, I've not beaten Sonic Eraser because the music in that game is extremely abrasive. Sonic Eraser is that like where he has like an X-ray railgun? He uses shoots. Oh, God, the, there's like there's the CGI hell. Uh, wait. Take your time. I just realized there was mm-hmm. a CGI alligator and eraser. Maybe that was Vector. That's right. It is called that because it's of all vector com- graphics. Exactly, it's all coming it? together. Eraser, uh, the classic yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger Vanessa Williams movie that everyone <laughs> remembers. Sure. I knew exactly what you were talking about, and anyone who says otherwise is a liar. <laughs> um It's like the only I, thing anybody remembers from that movie is the X ray real gun. Like and <laughs> and the CGI crocodile. That's it. Uh no, Sonic Eraser is like a match three puzzle game. Um, oh, that's boring. There's also uh, I've not beaten Mean Bean Machine because boy, that game gets fucking hard real fast. I've beaten it. Really? Yep. Way I, back the, in the, the day, the, but... a, the AI moves just so fucking fast that yeah. my brain cannot keep up with them. I, I remember by about halfway in. I remember Coconuts being the hardest one actually, and then like Robotnik actually being a bit easier. That's weird. I I'd have cheated to go and play Robotnik, but I could never actually beat him. But uh, yeah, no, maybe I should uh try to play all the Sonic games and actually beat Mean Bean Machine. Uh, now that I've got more Puyo Puyo experience under my belt, maybe I wouldn't be as bad as as I was when I was a child, because that was my first Puyo game. As I think yeah. it was like pretty much everybody's first Puyo game who was in their like late twenties, early thirties. Uh, Kirby's Avalanche. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I don't remember which again. came out first, though. <laughs> I'm, mm, yeah, I'm not sure. But I do like how like they couldn't just put out Puyo Puyo here. It had to be like Puyo Puyo with branding of something that Americans were more familiar with. Yeah. I mean, it's like Tetris Attack. Like, that was not a yeah. Tetris game. It was something else. And they just like called it Tetris and put Yoshi in there. Even so, like even if I didn't have the nostalgia glasses on like i think i would prefer mean bean machine because it just has the sonic adventure cartoon aesthetic and that yeah. show was fucking dope yeah exactly it's just got grounder yeah. in there oh yeah fight uh fight fight the chicken dude scratch scratch that's it yeah scratch and grounder hmm? pokemon stadium 2 the the game i love to talk about so much uh there are 152 Pokemon, except in the game, you cannot play as all 152 Pokemon. You cannot play as Mew, you cannot play as Mewtwo, you cannot play as Lugia, you cannot play as Ho-Oh. So doing the math, that would leave 248 Pokemon, which is the scale that I'm going to use to evaluate the game. Uh, I give it 10 Pokemon out of 248 Pokemon. And then I'm wow. adding in a Farfetch uh, that can use Baton Pass, uh, but you can only unlock them if you play the entire game. Uh, to completion, and I did, and I only used rental teams, so I'm a better human being than you. All right. Goodbye, dinosaurs. <laughs>